Rough Talk VR. Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts D Scruffles and Stratus2K1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. And so we got a good house tonight. Yeah, we got a, a full party today. Joining us today, we have from top right corner. You know, this is actually two of the guests today. Their second time being on the show previously. Uh, we had them on before, but they brought a, another friend with them today from the team. So this will be real good. We have Dan, Nathan, and Eric from top right corner. Uh, like I referenced a moment ago, Dan and Eric, this is their second time, but this is Nathan's first time. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh Guys, in case the listeners, they didn't catch your your first interview and they've never played, you know, the great game that is Atlas Mystery. Yeah, we're biased on that one. Yeah, it was actually a nominee <laughs> for our App yeah. Lab Game of the Year. Uh, do you Absolutely. mind to introduce your guys self to our to our listeners and also tell them a little bit about what you do over at Top Right Corner and Atlas Mystery? Yeah, Eric, how about you kick it off? Yeah. So, yeah, good to talk to you guys again. Um, so, yeah, this is Eric. I was one of the producers and the writer on Atlas Mystery. Um, so I don't work directly for Top Right Corner, but I work with them on a lot of projects. Dan and I were, were involved in some other entertainment things, um, you know, movies and games and such. So I, you know, we, we kind of have a longstanding history kind of collaborating together through his company, Top Right Corner. And this is Dan Clifton. I own Top Right Corner. Um, Top Right Corner creates original games, but we also create uh, VR training and other educational uh, products in the VR um, sort of universe, AR, mixed reality. And I also work with Eric, as he said, at Welcome Villain. I've produced a number of different films and horror projects, including theatrical releases like Brightburn. And so my focus really is on developing products for top right corner and games, but also having them combine with what we're doing at welcome bill and our horror studio. Yeah. And I'm Nathan. I'm the lead developer at top right corner and led development for Atlas. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I know some of these questions might seem like repeats for, for you guys, uh, I promise I haven't forgotten our prior conversation. No, it's for uh, the new listener. Yeah, just for the new listeners, I always like to have each episode as kind of a standalone, not really force them to have to go back and and listen to you know the past episode. So, do you mind to uh, to give a refresher for anybody who didn't catch the first episode? How how long Top Right Corner has been around, and kind of how the studio even came? Exists. Yeah, how how did it come to be? Yeah, I can jump in on that. So, Top Right Corner has been around in many many different versions over the past seven or eight years. I originally had Top Right Corner um, as I was making films. Top Right Corner was a short form content company uh, that I had in both New York and LA. And then as soon as I got into gaming and got into XR content, sort of around the time of the first Oculus dev kit in 2014, 2015, that's when everything really started focusing on creating VR content. And Everything for Top Right Corner through about 2019 was based on entertainment tie-ins with different film studios. And then I brought on some other partners in 2019. And we started focusing also on industrial and educational training in VR, uh, as I mentioned earlier. So we are right now, we are focused on making other, other games as well as Atlas. 
and working on those training products for different different industries. So we've been in the VR space, I guess, since the since it was in its new version in 2014, 2015. So coming up on on you know eight, eight, nine years of that space. Yeah. And uh, to give the quick summary of kind of how this whole collaboration started. So back back around the the earlier days of top right corner, I was I was working at some uh, kind of horror skewing film studios. So I was working at Blumhouse Productions uh, at the time when Dan was actually uh, producing a film that we ended up releasing through the studio. So you know, we were just kind of hearing like, oh, what's this cool this cool thing, virtual reality? And uh, you know, he he kind of came in and as as part of the the film that he had produced had captured a bunch of material that actually allowed us through the studio to hire him to create a VR escape room experience called Belco VR in order to uh kind of promote the release of the movie. So that was the first time that we kind of had this like movie slash VR kind of tie-in collaboration. Um and you know we we done a few other things with the, I worked at some other film studios and we did some other things with Dan and his company kind of in the like VR kind of 360 video space. And, you know, Atlas was the first time when kind of independent of, you know, kind of all the marketing and stuff that we were doing that we decided to team up to create this, you know, escape room game from the the ground up. That was a fully original concept, um, you know, completely new IP that wasn't kind of based on a, a studio release or anything. No, makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, since the release of Atlas has all of the, the film stuff kind of been put on hold or is that side of things still, still pumping out? Oh no. Yeah. I mean, the, that side is going. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw Full some force. stuff earlier at the end of last year about winning, you know, a, a new release that just came out, maybe some awards as well. Is that right? Yeah, well, since the, uh, I guess, since the release of Atlas, I mean, so much of what we were doing at TRC did grow sort of over COVID times. And now it's sort of balancing out where it was a little bit harder to make films and that world was was kind of thrown upside down. Um, whereas game development has been remote or can be done pretty easily in that way for, for a while. So I think the film side has actually grown tremendously since Atlas and, and Welcome Villain um, has acquired a few films that we're putting out this year. And our first original film um, is coming out in the first half of 2023. And Top Right Corner is making a VR game in conjunction with that that we'll get into a little bit later. But the film side is, has completely, I, would, I wouldn't say grown, but has kind of gone, gone back to, to normal in the past year because with, with sort of COVID subsiding and, and everything else kind of getting back to relative normal, the film side has, has kind of done the same thing. That's freaking awesome. It kind of yeah, it reminds, put a smile every time they say film studio, I smile. Well, you know, for one, I always like to hear about, you know, game developers we love, you know, having some success at, and things going going well. But it also reminds me a lot of like Mighty Coconut with, you know, Lucas Martell and, and that studio coming from, an, you know, film animation background mm -hmm. and then walk right. about being kind of a, a pandemic side no, thing. There's a lot of a lot of mm -hmm. it seems to be in the I'll blame the pandemic. I mean, flat out it changed course for a lot of people and mm -hmm. it seems that some of that i'll say quote unquote hollywood type market saw an opportunity and it's just it's cool to see the talent come from that so oh yeah and uh besides the the film stuff uh you know 
in case our listeners haven't played it, do you want to tell them what Atlas Mystery is? Like, like I said, we're biased. This was one of our favorite <laughs> favorite App Lab games. Like mm-hmm. I said, nominee for App Lab Game of the Year. So for us, it's a game that should be on the official Quest Store we'll without a doubt. To this oh, day. Yeah. I'll die on that hill. Um, <laughs> it's just a good experience. You know, I love puzzle games. I love escape rooms. Uh, but it's got a really unique setting. Film level production, I'd say. So yeah, do you yeah. want to tell our listeners a little bit uh, about what the game actually is? Yeah, so Atlas Mystery is an escape room style puzzle game. It's set in a 1940s era movie palace where you are investigating the circumstances kind of around this Hollywood tragedy that occurred in the theater where a uh, famous film director was just kind of murdered kind of years before you are kind of set to, to start this investigation of the theater. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of it was inspired by the kind of extravagance and decor of old, you know, Hollywood movie palaces. There was a very specific era of kind of glamorous Hollywood that we played into because we, you know, our favorite thing about VR is transporting people to kind of worlds and environments that you can't normally, you know, access in, in real life. So, you know, there, there are lots of kind of VR escape rooms out there, but when we started designing Atlas, we thought the differentiator was that, you know, in, in normal escape rooms, there, there's kind of a sense of scale and a sense of physics and kind of intricate items and such that you can't really play with in real life that you can in VR. So that was kind of, that informed every decision, you know, that there's projector puzzles, there's light puzzles, there's insane kind of like, you know, physics that you can't accomplish in real life, but you can in VR with like the scale of rooms changing and new doorways appearing and all that kind of stuff. That's just so much fun in, in the video game world that you can't really experience in a real escape room. So that's, yeah, that's, that's Atlas in a, in a nutshell. Well, and it also tells a, a good story. I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's hard to There's tell a story the, you know, like that. In a lot room. of escape rooms are just, they're pretty one dimensional. They're just the puzzles and objective get out, and get, get out of the out. tomb. Yeah. It's, right. There's not an actual story that has you also compelled as well as the, the puzzle aspect. Yeah. To me, as good as the escape room one was, which was obviously very good. Uh-huh. To me, the story was a big part of the reason that I feel it should be on the official, official store. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a, one-dimensional thing here it's like yeah <laughs> and i'd love to talk about some of the puzzles but i won't it's almost like a puzzle movie like it uh <laughs> there was interact. one that was just ridiculously hard yeah said and done mm-hmm. yeah i was yeah. crying <laughs> and that was very big that was a very big point for us too was you know there, there's a lot of just very straightforward escape the room games or maybe it's you know you're stuck in a basement like a serial killer's basement or something like that but we really wanted it to play out like a movie. And I guess it kind of speaks to our backgrounds too, where there is a plot that you are kind of unraveling as you go through this room, you know, or, or go through the multiple rooms of the theater. Um, it's not just a very straightforward, like there's a ticking clock, you know, you're, you're going to get <laughs> killed if you don't get out in 60 minutes or whatever it is. It, it feels more cinematic and there's a much bigger narrative to, to investigate. And I think, you know, we've had people play through the game multiple times now. And, you know, every time they go back, they discover new documents, they discover new artifacts, and they kind of start piecing together like, oh, I actually didn't realize how, you know, intricate this kind of story is woven together. 
Yeah, we're, we're yeah, and it is a big throwback to to our film background too. You know, I think in terms of some of the specific pieces of film equipment from the 1940s and and with with film splicers and with you know 16 millimeter projectors and cameras and everything else like that. You know, we kind of made something around what we what we know, uh, and we were huge film history buffs. And and Nathan here is also a huge uh, horror buff as well. Um, so in terms of that film, that film knowledge, we were really excited to put that story together. Now for, for Nathan real quick, do you have a film background as well? Or you come, um, no, I don't have development? A, a film background necessarily. I've seen way too many films. I've, I've watched <laughs> a movie every night for the past, like 15 years. So I've watched thousands of movies so in that way i have a film background <laughs> All right, i was curious like being the guy who's the the lead developer correct i mean mm-hmm. it, it's got to be just the whole studio setup in my mind is probably different than let's say studio b so you're you're working with two essentially movie making folks it's you know were there any challenges in trying to get that vision that was being laid across into the actual game no, I think it, it worked real well. I mean, we, we know all the terms and stuff. I think it is is funny when we do have a meeting with people that aren't as film savvy and 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 Dan or Eric has to be like, hey, do you guys you guys know what this word means? Like, is this a common phrase or is this something only used in the film industry? Um, but no, it was great. I, I mean, guess, Eric. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I guess MacGuffin comes to mind, right? With that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, that was that was the word of the day. In our last meeting. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, no, and Eric brought a great document was like, Hey, here's what I want to have in a game. And he brought it to me and was like, okay, give me like, be real with me. How much of this is possible? Like how much of this can we do <laughs> from like a technical standpoint? How much of this, like, will just simply not work on the quest. Like be real with me. And luckily most of what he wanted was able to be done. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully more of it can be done in the future. No, well, well yeah. hats off. I mean, because we always say you can't have mistakes in any sort of puzzle game. It just it can't exist, or it's going to take away from the whole experience. So, for yeah. everything that's involved in this to all work is like mm-hmm. with no glitches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll again. I'm admittingly biased. Yeah, we reviewed it. You know, freaking loved it from day one. Yeah, we've screamed at the top of the hill every time App Lab games that should be on the store come up. Yeah. This is one of the ones. But that we we're... we put it in the the 2023 must be in the store, or else we're going to start getting yeah. I mean, and kind of angry. Well, oh, thank you. Oh yeah, appreciate, we, we, appreciate we don't want you guys to die on that hill. You know, like <laughs> you said, that's a hill to die on. I think a, a huge focus for us this year. We have some other games coming out, some other stuff that we're working on, but a big focus is just. We're going to go back to Atlas. We're going to do. We're going to do some updates. But a big focus from us as a studio is just what what do we need to get? What do we need to do to get on the store? And we've we've had some conversations, and we can we can talk about. Obviously, there's the Shadow Council at Meta that meets under the full moon every <laughs> every month, um, and uh, this is all true. Uh, and you know, there's certain things, certain metrics that you have to hit to, to get there. So we can. We can share what we've learned. We have no idea if it's real or not, but I think that your <laughs> listeners would find it interesting. <laughs> oh, I would definitely. We even made comment. Um, I think you even asked Chris Pruitt if there was like a a shadow council, yeah, that, a shadow yeah. council yeah. that'll 
somehow pick. No, we, we, we couldn't. I mean, we know that there's technical aspects that they require from a, and that's where we usually go south because we don't have game developers data to be like, oh, well, it's as simple as they don't have the frame rate, you know, so they haven't fit the criteria, sure. but it's like when I play the game it, it it's pretty uh, freaking flawless. Or, or, no. And what I don't and know. with the lighting and the there's the dust and it's like, come on, man. And then what I don't understand is they they put an emphasis that they want like story based mm, content, yeah. which just checks the box and you look at like the top games, you know, at least in my opinion, but they they've won Meta's game of the year as well. I, you know, the top style games, it's like Red Matter, The Last Clockwinder. It's like people like these narrative driven puzzle games. Mm-hmm. That's what Atlas is. Yeah, I don't understand. And there's not an yeah. oversaturation of them on the store either. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's what consumers like. It's what Meta likes. It's what tends to win game of the year. Why is it not on the store? I just, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So what's the insight that uh, whether, you know, 100% accurate or not that you guys have kind of <laughs> discovered through the past year? of trying to get on the, the store and rightfully so. No, well, thank you. I think a few different things, which is just, um, heard sort of conflicting info. Some people say that when you submit through app lab, it does go through the right people and someone will like, there's one review process, right? Whereas other people have said, it's actually not exactly true because as they try to accelerate going through app lab to, to be faster, you sort of need a sponsor. Like you sort of need to go into the process saying, Hey, I'm submitting for App Lab this month. Here's our deck. Here's our roadmap. Here's what we're doing. Keep an eye on this and and take this out of the general queue to put into the main store queue. So we've sort of heard, and we obviously didn't have that when we submitted Atlas originally. Um, so we've heard those two things. I think separately, what we've heard is that to get Meta's attention generally. Uh, and we've heard this from a few different sources, is that you need to get to 150 reviews and at least 20,000 sales. I don't think it's um, entitlements, which means keys versus sales, plus sales. I think it means 20,000 in sales to do that. And then that will trigger uh, Meta sending you an email for an official review. So I don't know if it's ipso facto you know, you have 150 reviews and suddenly you, it's like an achievement in a game where suddenly you just get one more (laughs) download and it just automatically is triggered in consideration. But that's the level of support that they like. And and from what I've heard, they really just want it to be this free-for-all where there's no information and you just have to market your game and try and game the system to get as many downloads as possible. And then that will elevate it to to getting on the main store or at least to to really start that process a bit of a double-edged store a double-edged sword because i can see them going we want to see that a game's profitable before we you know yeah i kind of understood that a little but on the other side i can also see of hey it's hard to be profitable if people well, we know they us. definitely they definitely put all the onus of marketing onto the developers mm-hmm. to be like it's you know mm-hmm. it's your show not ours yeah. we're so whether or not I 100% agree on it, it seems like their mentality is we want to see if it's profitable without us. And then obviously if they can do it without us, then it's going to be profitable when we sign off on it too. Well, we, we know they get a percentage, so. I think they get the same percentage for App Lab and Official Store, so they're winning, really? okay. so they're winning either so way. So it's a win-win. But I, I, can, I see both sides. Like I can see them having that mentality, but at the same time, you know, it is hard to hit 
X amount of sales. Oh, listen, I get it for things that are under development mm-hmm. or they're, you know, just they're some, you know, they're janky, they're beta, they're whatever. But mm-hmm. when it's a finished product and it's like legit a step above the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Should it not be recognized for that in some capacity? I agree. And there's no way that someone's going to say, oh, I played this who works for Meta. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what the hell are you going to have fault with? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can, I, I see kind of their point to a degree, but I also see like there's a thriving VR market that would probably gobble it up at a better rate if they knew it existed than saying, look, all that onus is on you to promote it. And it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's really, it, it's a really tough example of, I guess the worst case scenario for a good game. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Well, I th- a lot of business is aligning incentive structures just in general. And I think the issue that we have in this sort of non-alignment of incentive structures is that between Steam, Viveport, and Quest, we have grossed back a portion of the budget, call it 35%, within the first eight months. Now, for us, we have to, we're not incentivized to continue to develop the game um, because we we don't know if we'd ever get on the main store. So how are we, how can we to our investors and our partners and everybody else, how can we continue to develop something? And maybe, you know, we have a few things in the works with some outside assistance and everything else. So we will do that. But I I mean, on a general rule of if we are recouping against the original investment, how can we uh, double down to improve things and guess to try to get it on the main store when we have no idea if that's actually going to happen because those criteria aren't clear. So developers in our position, which I think there's quite a few, we're not incentivized to make the games better because we have no idea if it's actually going to work out in that way. So that's right. just to kind of give you a direct snapshot of the situation. Yeah, yeah. No, it's as real as it's going to get. Too. Yeah, that I makes mean, complete sense too. It's like there's a cost to you to make content. You have to pay Nathan. You, you guys have to keep the lights on too. It's not like snap your fingers and an AI bot makes the game in two seconds. It's not like that. No. So it totally makes total sense. Yeah, totally understandable. Yeah. But here's the thing is we, you know, we're obviously we love the game that we've created. You know, VR players love the game that we've created. Reviews are great. And um, you know, we are happy to to kind of talk about how we do have a roadmap for 2023 to bring a lot more into Atlas that I think is gonna be really, really exciting for both new players and people who have already played the game. So, you know, you talk about the kind of narrative component of the game being a standout and we, we actually have plans to really significantly improve on that um, with some additional animation, with some, some new kind of opening and ending puzzles that I think people are going to really, really have fun with. Um, and then some bringing in some other kind of polish factors that we really wanted to early on, but, you know, we just kind of were a little bit hamstrung with, uh, with resources and such, because we really, we put a lot of effort into QCing the game and making sure that it did have that level of polish that you guys talked about, but, you know, things like voice acting and, you know, taking some of the narrative stuff that was really more confined to like finding notes and objects, but making it a bit more like cinematic with some, some more polished kind of ghostly animations and that kind of stuff. Um, including both a really, a really fun kind of opening and ending sequence that I think is going to, uh, be, be really interesting for some people to, to keep it as vague as possible. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, we're excited to like, we plan to continue supporting the game and we have the means to, to be able to do that just based on, you know, some of the, the interest that's built, especially over the past three months, we've seen a lot more players kind of finding the game. And it, it kind of speaks to just the, the interesting nature of VR landscape in general, but also just App Lab titles, which is, you know, there's the stereotypical kind of release pattern for a game where there's that big, you know, initial release spike, and then the, the kind of sales windows spike, but we've actually seen interest grow in this game and, and increase over time. So it's, uh, yeah, it's encouraging for us. And we think that bringing in some of these new elements, new puzzles, new narrative pieces, like it's going to create an even more like just overall impressive and, and fun experience. I'll definitely be playing it again. That's mm-hmm. what you had There's me at opening pun- and yeah. closing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, everything in between is going to be fine too. Well, now I have a reason to start it again. Now I have a reason I need to finish it again. Yeah. You've gotten me. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just- it's an interesting, interesting dynamic we were talking about earlier is that, you know, when you have, it's not on rails, but it's a, it's a, it's a mystery game. It's like developing story and developing mystery games where you do want people to go back to them and not just because you release other DLC um, but something that is really interesting and, and, you know, in terms of building out the narrative, building out, um, you know, bringing voice acting, bringing out other elements to the game um, so that the scavenger hunt of clues is also something that, you know, completist players will want to dive back into. Um, but, you know, it's not a wave shooter, right? So you're, you're, it's not a wave shooter. It's not Beat Saber. So in terms of these things, you want to be able to create items and create a narrative that people will want to go back to and spend more time in that theater. So, yeah, I mean, despite some of the stuff I said earlier about how it's challenging to, to keep expanding, like to echo Eric's point, like we're, we're gearing up this year, no matter what, to bring those changes to the game and to make a big push to get on the main store, no matter what. Okay. No, that's really good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, have you guys in all seriousness received like the tech standards that they require because we have heard that or any actual official communication from them saying hey we hate your game hey we love it but it needs this is there <laughs> any actual words or just uh shadow whispers uh no I mean, we haven't heard we haven't heard anything directly and so and we we're part of the oculus start program like we're on their discord like we've talked with different people at meta but it's always it's we've never received anything specifically technical or non-technical about their criteria. Okay. So no. I, I will say that on, you know, like on their, their main Oculus thing to there, there are certain like technical requirements to submit to app lab. And there are slightly different requirements to submit to them, to the main store. You know, they, they do have that um, listed for like your build, but there it's, it is stuff like, you know, frame rate has to be blah, blah, you know, it, uh, you, you can't have these heard. settings. I think 90 frame rates or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, I think uh, last time I looked, it was like App Lab was like 60 FPS and Main Store was 72, right? Um, so it's like a little different, but not hugely. Um, and there's certain like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, if you have these elements that might cause motion sickness, you have to have these elements to balance it out and stuff. Um, and we, like from the, like the list that they have, like we've, completely check off all those things I mean, we went into it not aiming for just being able to hit the <laughs> app store we went for it being like okay let's make sure we're checking off the main store requirements as well so those we we, we pretty much reach um so you know from a technical standpoint if there is something wrong with it they would really have to come to us with that because it's like 
I mean, from the list, we seem to be doing all right, unless there's like a secret list as well. Yeah, that was the only thing we could ever think of. Technical specs. But That's it doesn't, one thing it doesn't that, even feel like it, though, when no, you play well, the game. Now we know that technically it it's not failing any of the criteria. It just kind of further puts me into a haze, I guess. Yeah. No, this one's a mystery I, to me. No pun intended, but it de- it definitely is. Have you 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 both have a you have a Quest Pro, right? No, Unfortunately, we no, no. We are uh, due to budgetary reasons. Yes, we are peasants <laughs> yeah. over here with our our <laughs> simple and and efficient MetaQuest Two. Yes. Until well, I would say out. that the yeah the I would say the industrial side of Top Right Corner uh, was able to provide Top Right Corner with with a Quest Pro for a different <laughs> client and. Um, <laughs> We, I, I was in LA last week and I showed Eric uh, Atlas on the Quest Pro. And I mean, Eric, what was your what was your feeling after watching? Because you'd never seen it before, uh, uprezzed and, and sort of in a different with better memory and everything else. Yeah, I mean, my first impression was like, holy crap, this is our game. <laughs> like it was, <laughs> it played so so incredibly well. And like I, you know, I played it so many times on the Quest Two and just. You know, speaking to the kind of elaborate QC process that we went through, you know, prior to releasing on App Lab, um, you know, we really spent a lot of like Nathan just, I mean, really, really just put in so much effort on just refining every little mechanic. And, you know, it's it's a massive arena that you're going through. It's there's so many different types of interactions and we didn't want people to feel confined to like, you know, limited types of interactions either. So there was, there was so much effort that went into that. And yeah, seeing it on the, the latest hardware was just incredible because not only like visually was, was just the fidelity of everything. So, so great, but um, you know, the actual, like the, the way that the mechanics and everything translated to the new hardware was, was super encouraging too. And I think, seeing that last week was like okay like you know now we're now we got to double down on, on increasing the game and, and adding all these new you know refinements and additional narrative pieces because it's yeah i mean i, I can see how it's it's f- future proofed in that way too to you know any, any new hardware releases or anything it's it's going to translate very well Man, yeah, I was, like, I was like, that's such that's such good news and a gut punch all in the same yeah. same paragraph. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, no, I'm jealous for some of the pro users. I won't lie, especially if this is a great example of look. If you have a pro headset and you play you play this, it's you're gonna get to enjoy it just a little better than mm-hmm. those with the Q2. Mm-hmm. But that's also well, I would say. Yeah, you know, I would in? say too. Like it's it's not just on the on Oculus though. I think. Uh, you know, we are developing a version that will be on the Vive XR Elite. Um, there are there are things that people kind of think are like that Quest Pro, not even competitor, but Quest Pro equivalent. And so as as those headsets move in that direction, as Eric said, we're confident that it'll look great on any of those elevated headsets in the future. I just like knowing it'll be available on mm-hmm. everyone else's headsets, not mm-hmm. just limited to the the quest well interesting on that the game's available on steam right mm-hmm. so is available on steam for my own curiosity what's the player base been like has it been like 50 50 you know quest users in steam or do you see like a, a dominance in quest users no it's actually been almost like 60 40 steam to be honest which is interesting i'm actually i'm pulling up i'm pulling up the stats while we're on this on the zoom um 
I do check them every morning. But so <laughs> sounds like I, us with our I, podcast I think, ads. <laughs> yeah, it's been <laughs> to be really direct. It's been it's been sixty forty steam. I think that and the steam sales recently over the past few months and the winter sales have been have been really helpful for getting uh, a bigger user base onto the game. Like I think we even had almost like fifteen percent of the people who have played it on Steam have played it in the past you know month and a half. Um, there was a, so a big uptick towards the uh, you know towards uh, December, but I think it's been mainly sixty forty. Uh, Steam to to Quest, and a lot of that's just because you can't find it on on App Lab. So I think, you know, a lot of our numbers are on Steam versus versus the App Lab. But I think in terms of getting those twenty thousand downloads on App Lab, that isn't a combined Steam Vive port App Lab number. That would have to be solely App Lab. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we have we have that that goal in mind. Twenty thousand downloads is yeah. that's a big nut. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the game costs or what it is. I'm just like, Jesus, God, that's that's a big number. Oh yeah. But uh Yeah, and also, you know, one last thing with the, you know, the fidelity and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we, you know, kind of learned and developed when we were making, you know, the the new game we've been working on that ha- that were like, "Oh, we can we can backport some of this new stuff into Atlas as well." So there will be with with this new upcoming features as well a visual upgrade to atlas as well using some of this new stuff <laughs> that we've been able to do with <laughs> with this game and some stuff we've learned game's gonna be well maybe you could talk about that a little bit nathan before we move on to some other stuff but it's like what 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 do you what are you most excited to bring into the into the new version yeah i mean it's just like ways of of, of rendering um that allows us to just just upscale the textures on certain things you know like the walls and the the floors and the ceilings and all that um to improve like the lighting and stuff uh even farther like with definitely with dynamic objects Uh, i think the lighting for static objects is already pretty amazing um but to increase that for dynamic objects as well and and just across the board give us even more leeway to add some some visual stuff that we had to remove because it was just too much. But now it's like we might be able to add some of that stuff back in, <laughs> and and we're definitely excited for that to be uh, for the Quest users. Yep. Yeah. There's there's some really sophisticated stuff going on with with transparencies and with you know lighting like lighting based puzzles and um, particle and smoke effects and things that you don't even necessarily pick up on that just when you play the game and you say like, oh, it feels cinematic and it feels polished. It's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of backend work that Nathan has put into it to, to get it to that point. Just, you know, considering quest hardware and the fact that we want it to be playable on pretty much every headset. Yeah. That's actually something we had commented when we reviewed it, that it felt like that there was some, some really good tricks with lighting and stuff like that mm-hmm. to improve the graphics. But when you tell me the graphics are improving, I'm like, Man, that's kind of they something were pretty that, damn good. Mm-hmm, that's kind of something that stuck out to me. I have to go back and look at my score on that one. Yeah, because like I remember for App Lab for an App Lab game, thinking like, "Wow, these are really tight, polished graphics." Yeah, it's better than some store games for sure. And now you're telling me they're going to improve. I'm I'm freaking excited. Uh, so something I'm I'm dying to ask. You know the the game launched last year, I think April of last year, so about a year. Uh, it was kind of your first release on the MetaQuest store. I guess, has there been any lessons that you've learned, you know, in the past year of release? And maybe if you could go back and, you know, it was April of 2022 again, and you're about to release, <laughs> is there anything that you would have done different? 
It's a very, it's a very good question. I don't know if there's anything um, that we would have uh, done completely different with the game. I do feel as though we've learned a little bit about how VR games are pretty much entirely marketed on TikTok. Um, there's a huge, <laughs> I w- we would have invested a lot more into TikTok marketing, yep. but it is interesting how like, you know, our game as a, as a slow burn, um, you know, sort of an intelligent, and this is not a knock on, on, on Gen Z, Nathan. Okay. This is not what I'm saying here, but I feel like <laughs> I am not people, we hear all, no, yeah, I know you're, you're a, a baby millennial, right? All right. Anyway. So the, uh, I'm over here 26, we, we, like, uh oh. I'm 52. Yeah, no. <laughs> we've we've heard that everyone says, I mean, this is from publishers, I'm generalizing, but publishers and other VR marketers, a lot of people have said, you gotta you gotta pump TikTok content, you gotta do influencer stuff. And then we've seen a lot of it. And it's all very, I would say like arcade and shooter-based games that are very much, you know, in the Beat Saber um kind of milieu. Whereas we know the average person who plays Atlas is is pretty much a 37 year old male like 70 30 male female and mainly in their 30s and so it it is kind of a double-edged sword of like i think we could have done some stuff to get things out there earlier but i don't know if if tiktok i don't know if those marketing efforts that a lot of people in vr are pushing would have had success in that in that way I don't know if you if you disagree with that, Eric. Well, I think the the yeah. struggle. Sorry, I was going to say you can't really show the gameplay of the game because no. then you're spoiling puzzles too. So it's kind of tough like in that. Totally. And stuff. Oh yeah, no, it was totally. it was tricky cutting trailers and materials and all that. I think we did find some good success in building like a little bit of hype behind the game before we released, um, which you know just takes so much just sweat equity in general to to get to that point, but. Uh, through like Reddit and Twitter and, you know, just kind of, we've all been kind of involved in following the the VR community for a long time and certain influencers and everything, just going back to some of the promotional stuff that we did and Belco VR and all that. So, you know, I think, I think that was great. Um, yeah. I mean, from a game perspective, it's like, obviously there's, there's things you have to cut as you develop the game that you would have liked to include, but that's just the nature of, of any type of, you know, creative development. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we're excited for this year and we're excited to bring some of those elements that we did have to kind of compromise on back into the fold and really create the, the version of the game that we kind of, you know, the, with all the bells and whistles and everything that we kind of set out to create initially. Well, I'll be I'll be watching this real close then. Cause I'm I'm excited to play it again anyway. So, mm-hmm. and weirdly anecdotally, it feels like that. Just talking with people, it feels like people are are a little bit more willing to for an app lab game dive into like a shooter multiplayer game than like a story mm-hmm. narrative based game. Mm-hmm. Just because I think people have gotten burned by badly made ones mm-hmm. that it makes right. you like I don't know. People see shooter, yeah, they'll spend a couple bucks. But if, if people don't know for sure a story is good, then it's they're a little bit more hesitant. So I'll be the first one to say, like, damn, the stories, it justifies the cost. You know, the, it's a damn good game. Hopefully that word can keep getting out more and more. Yeah. Thank I think, you. I mean, we're good. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, I think it is it's going to be hopefully very exciting to for players. You know, I recommend them to yeah jump in now, play through the game. And then when we do release this big update, um, whenever that will be, that adds 
you know, it, it, it is going to be like you mentioned, you know, uh, a new beginning, a new end that kind of emphasizes some of the story elements, but then also throughout the game, adding almost some cutscene esque moments, some more story moments that are kind of not just on a notepad, but more, you know, voice acted, uh, some, you know, some animated stuff going on and um, throughout the game. So I think it would be fun to like, you know, go through and compare and like once the update hits, go through it again and be like, oh, here's all the new stuff that wasn't here before. <laughs> and you kind of will appreciate it even more, you know, because you've played through it already. Yeah. Yeah, not only are there some new kind of plot elements that we'll be bringing in, but I think things that uh, were a bit more subtle before are going to uh, the pieces that people probably missed kind of before are going to have a much bigger and a more arresting presence. Now I'm actually sitting here wondering how much of it did I probably miss and didn't even know I missed. See, we're, we're pretty good junkies with like searching yeah, everything and reading stuff. every yeah. note. And I remember we were commenting a lot on the the story to each other in party chat. So yeah. I feel like we caught a lot of it, but you never know. There's there, there, we might've missed a couple of things. I'm thinking so, but we're kind of fiends for that. <laughs> I'm stuff starting too. to think so. Yeah. It'll I've, be, I, yeah. I agree with the, if you know, an update's coming and you can play it right mm-hmm. before the update. Oh, I've seen people go apeshit for an extra like eight seconds of a movie. <laughs> Dude, it's never been shown before. It's eight seconds. Watch the whole two and a half hour film for something you never yeah. even noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I think that we we want to have an update that hits by late by late spring. We're kind of getting into that now. Um, you know, I say late spring, early summer. But I think in terms of this too, like one thing that we we really like is like I'm definitely like an old Hollywood sort of junkie. So I I love stories of like the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and that was a huge inspiration for for this game. And I think uh, you know there's a there's a podcast called You Must Remember This about old Hollywood that I would definitely recommend, but I think we're also looking to have that kind of pre-code studio era. There's so many stories and different Easter eggs that we can put in that relate to the story or relate to other actors or films and kind of explore a narrative with. So I think it's expanding the idea of the Atlas mystery, but also, you know, other people have gone through it and, and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of narrative that we want to bring to this, this place that a lot of players just really enjoyed spending time in with the atmosphere. So that's a huge focus for us. Now, again, I mean, I'm, I'm nothing but excited. I can't wait. You guys have, <laughs> have done a good job getting me hyped for a game that, you know, a story game I've already beaten. Now I'm excited. I want to go back in and play it prior to the updates. And you've got mm-hmm. me locked in for after the updates. Of course. But there's something that you kind of have alluded to a couple of times throughout the episode about, <laughs> A new game yeah, in was, the works as I well. Gonna, I just actually highlighted again. Yeah, made a little note circle, <laughs> exclamation point, you know. Um, I understand. Is you know, this true? Yeah, is this true? Like, <laughs> is this true? Is there any details about this that you're able to to talk about, like a name or what the, the concept is? Is it an Atlas 2? Is it a sequel in the same universe? It is a different movie tie-in. It is not Atlas 2. It is not Too Fast to Atlas. It is... Uh, <laughs> it is uh, so, you know, we've, we kind of sat down after Atlas and looked at a number of things that we love about other VR games. And I think we didn't really have a pros and cons list or a Venn diagram, but we kind of talked about things that I think make VR games successful. And I think the social aspect to it, the burgeoning multiplayer aspect to it, and the, um, you know, horror games or games that are intense, which also plays into what we're doing at Welcome Villain. And so, 
we came up with an idea that we're super excited about that ties into a film that Welcome Villain will be releasing in the first half of this year. And this is a game that we are putting out. It will relate to the film, but it's also, I want to make it clear that it's not a one and done uh, tie-in. We've done a few of those in, in the past, but this is a game that we want to put out and we'll continue to support because we really believe in, in, the, in it conceptually. So it's something that will be related to the movie, but it's also going to go on and have a life of its own. And this game is a multiplayer survival horror game that we have created <laughs> to be very, <laughs> very specific in terms of, and, and Nathan, you can speak to this, but just games that we love in VR. And it's not, you know, you're not copying different aspects, but you're just looking at things that we think have worked and trying to to adapt and adopt those for for this property. Yep. Yeah, we've we've looked at games that we. I mean, obviously, the puzzle genre is something that we love, but you know, we've had a ton of fun in in games like Resident Evil Four, games like Five Nights at Freddy's, even. Um, and you know, we thought what. How can we thematically tie this into this this film project that we're doing, but also, you know, build a, a multiplayer experience that kind of trying to stay as vague as possible, but pits you against <laughs> some some really, really intense uh, foes to collaborate on in both like a puzzle scheme kind of way, but also just pure fun combat. So we're, we're really, really excited about this. So we think it's, it's going to be crazy and gnarly and very, very intense. Ooh, I'm so excited. This yeah. is, a, I don't even know what to say. I know this is a genre we've been, <laughs> we like, so we loved green hell, which isn't a, a horror survival game, but it's very much a, a survival game. And when there's a, a leopard jumping at you from the Amazon, it's a <laughs> horror game in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and the only thing we've ever wanted in that in VR is co-op. Because I'm a wuss and handling these scary moments by myself isn't always the best. But I'll have whatever paranormal, normal or horror elements attacking me with a buddy next to me all day. That's <laughs> that's awesome. So I am so freaking excited to finally have that genre like available checked and checked off. off. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm dying for this. And is this plan to come out this year or is it still way too early to be talking about that stuff? We will definitely have the first version of it out um, in conjunction with with the film in the first half of this year. Like that might be more of a demo. I wouldn't say I, I don't like using the word early access because it's I don't think it's appropriate for a game that's more of a vertical slice of what the game is. And I don't want to I don't like to misinform on that way. But we will have a demo that captures like the very core functions of of the game, which is designed to be. Uh, a repeatable segment of time where you have to survive for a certain amount of time in an environment. Um, uh, and it's designed either to be enjoyable by yourself or with co-op. So certain things are easier, certain things are harder, I think, with with co-op, but it's designed to live on its own, but also designed that you can team up with a friend or a random person um, to to try and survive, uh, you know, survive the, the the shift, I would say. Yeah, um, you know, th there are plenty of, of wave shooters and, and whatnot in VR, um, you know, even on games. Main store. Yeah, and I think that with this, there's there's something interesting in that Nathan has been really, really just 
putting in a ton of effort on developing a big arena for the game that I think people are going to really, really dig, but it is, it is moody. You know, it's, it's gritty. And I think it's, it's massive too. Like it's, it's going to be like, I still sometimes get lost in the hallways of this, <laughs> this is the stage that we're building to kind of set everything in. So um yeah, I think people are going to be really impressed by just like the scope of it, especially when, you know, you bring in the multiplayer element and, and you're kind of defending this, this huge space. Well, I can only imagine you guys are probably going to have a top notch sound score to go mm-hmm. with it too. Lighting so. effects. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so for Nathan, <laughs> I'm I mean, scared. I haven't even played it. Right. What, <laughs> what, what's this been like to go from, you know, uh, uh, an escape room puzzle game and a horror survival game or, you know, two totally different, different genres. What's it been like, you know, developing this horror game, you know, in comparison to a puzzle game? Oh yeah. It's been, it's been crazy in all the right ways. Um, <laughs> definitely with, you know, like with Atlas, Eric came to us and was like, here's, here's basically all the mechanics. Here's all like what we want. And here's like how we're going to do it. And I was like, awesome. I can do that. With this game, it was much more free form of like, okay, here's like the movie. Here's like some, some, things we want to touch on like can we do multiplayer can we do this and that and then but a lot of the design work and like what we, what the specific features were were very much like up to be like what do you want to do um and so that's been very fun to kind of you know put my hat in as, as a bit of a designer as well um and and yeah no i think it's gonna be great like the whole multiplayer aspect of it you know it's like not only does it add a layer of okay, now you're with someone else. It's also like, well, you're going to need a character model and you're going to need arms and legs. And like, you, you can't just be floating hands anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so it's that layer of like, you know, uh, almost grabbing like a, like a VR chat character and, <laughs> and having to, th- to throw that in there. Um, and, and so that's been very interesting. And then, yeah, like with, with creatures and combat, it's like, okay, well, you know, I mean, to keeping the VR and, and physics, like when you hit something in the face, it's got to fall over and act naturally, you know, <laughs> like you can't just have it be robotic. Um, so having all that and then and then, yeah, it's like, OK, we, we want to make it horror. So we have to take the lighting to like the next level of Atlas. It's like now it's like, you know, we want to be able to go through all the rooms and turn off lights individually. And we want to be able to have it where it's like lights can flicker and turn off by themselves and then you know you have to you know fix them or something um so all of that has been very exciting very fun um and a lot of advancements in like lighting in a very performant way a lot of ways of how we're handling like dynamic objects and how they light is completely different than atlas Mm -hmm. and and yeah we're, we're super excited to show off all that um and and yeah like it it is going to be um like when we mentioned survival it's not like you know we're setting up campfires and we're you know eating berries and stuff it's definitely more of you know uh kind of like you know staying staying alive type of situation staying alive yeah staying alive um and figuring stuff out you know uh building up your your tools to survive the, the whole shift um it's definitely like i mean when I, you know originally i was like okay what if we had something that kind of followed a lot of the principles of five nights of freddy's 
but we made the gameplay good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And we added more uh, action gameplay to that. Uh, and not it's just real shot, shots fired over there, Nathan. That's, that's, uh... <laughs> not making friends with you. Damn. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows Friday Nights at Freddy's. It's like the story's great. Like the stuff is great. The gameplay is like it's very it's very basic a lot yeah. of times. You're not um, lying. And so we wanted to be like, okay, what if we you know added like a, almost like a Resident Evil two ge- gameplay to a Five Nights at Freddy's game, um, with some phasmophobia mixed in there too, and 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 see what happens. I'm just, I'm amazed you guys are going to improve on the lighting any better mm-hmm. than you really already have. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, to, to Nathan's credit, like in Atlas, there's maybe two kind of big light change moments where you maybe throw a switch and, you know, you get the lights in the, the lobby turning on or the uh, concession stand kind of powering up. Um, I'd say, yeah, like two or three maybe big lighting changes. And now, you know, we're talking about being able to like throw light switches on in each individual room and, you know, flickering lights and whatnot to signal uh, specific events. And yeah, it's massive, massive undertaking. But, you know, in in the horror space, it's just so important. Oh, yeah. No, horror without... I were not as a little kid. If you turn yeah. the sound off, a it's not half as scary. Mm-hmm. It still might mm-hmm. be gory, but that creates all those suspenseful, fo- suspenseful moments. Uh-huh. You know, tension building, all of that. That's all sound score, and the lighting is a huge factor too. That's something you guys already proved that you're very confident. Yeah, that's why I'm like Atlas. So can <laughs> improve it even better. Great. Oh no, this is this is going to be just further better. meaning we're going to be scared shitless mm-hmm. is what it really means. But at least we can do it with a buddy. Now I am biased in this statement too. But in terms of like avatars and stuff, I always... I was going to ask this. Yeah. I already know where you're going with it. <laughs> I imagine they won't because it's going to be on... I, it sounds like it'll be on other headsets and stuff mm-hmm. too, but I'm extremely biased in that any game that incorporates the the cartoony looking hilarious meta avatars, I freaking love that moment. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine myself not smiling cheek to cheek if I fired up a survival horror game and then I look over and I see your dude... In his library-looking outfit with yeah. his nice glasses, <laughs> my like, business suit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's a business suit. <laughs> yeah, we've not we've not brought Horizon Worlds, um, <laughs> you know, meta characters. We, we've you know, this is what we've actually created characters from scratch um, that are related to this uh, to to the film property, and you know, that's definitely been an adventure. Like doing doing anything in Quest is an, an adventure, and I think that a lot of it is it's definitely trial by fire and we've we've failed on a number of fronts but because everything pushes through this crazy optimization bottleneck and we've only made it uh harder by, by involving multiplayer <laughs> and involving characters and, and ai and fit combat physics so we've only made it harder for ourselves but it really yeah it, it really uh is sort of an iron sharp, sharpens iron thing and i think coming out of this we will have some some products that we're very happy with but it's definitely we definitely don't make it easy on ourselves yes it, the the limitations of the quest forces the the best out no, of you but <laughs> developers down the road are these are all i say it all the time it's like the developers that are really out there right now hustling in the VR market yeah they're the ones that should be and i think mm-hmm. will be looked back upon as like man, if it wasn't for what these guys mm-hmm. did it, you know, when they did it, we wouldn't have been able to steal all that shit and make our shit better. <laughs> and it's like the, the, the graphical quality of the games coming out in the quest too today. It, it kind of so forces much better. and it 
I, it's a win for everybody in the long run. Yeah, but I've just seen the quality of games, the the skills and optimization for for graphics just improve over time. And then you see something like Red Matter Two, and now you guys saying you're yeah. going to improve Atlas Mystery. It's like what Gridiron? Yeah, that's the, the opposite grid, case. Yeah. <laughs> grid Legends. <laughs> you guys could use your services at EA Games <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, funny. No, I don't want to go down the EA road. I'll leave it alone. But <laughs> something I was, I'm, I'm dying to ask. You know, I, I can't wrap this up and and not hear this. Uh, Nathan, what, what is your background as well as a developer? You know, did you have prior VR experience before going into top right corner, or is this kind of like you know your first game development endeavor? Yeah, no, and I've, um. I've I've been a player of VR obviously since it came out. You know, some of the first headsets definitely jumped on that, and uh, and and enjoyed that. And development wise, been developing, you know, since I started learning programming. Like it was, it's like a, which I found to be a very good way of learning programming for anyone who is out there learning programming. Is that it's like I would, you know, they're like, okay, we're gonna learn about arrays. I'm like, okay, how can I add that to the game I'm making? You know, it's like even when you first start, it's like a text-based game, and then you know, you, you you learn, okay, here's how to do like some basic graphics. I'm like, okay, how do I add basic graphics to my game? And um, I've been I was doing that pretty much the entire time I was making, you know, learning programming, and then once I you know got out of college and stuff, just continued to making my own games, um, which I also think is great. Like uh, you know, another advice for other programmers out there make some passion projects because you can get all A's in school and still be very bad at, <laughs> at making games. Um, so it's like, I think that's the best way to do it is just like jump into unity or unreal. They're both great engines and very easy, even as like a one man person to like learn. And, and that's why I've, I've been doing. And then, yeah, like um, this has been like my first major job uh, working with these people for a few years now. And um, and it's been going fantastically. And uh, I love, you know, every time we do a new project and we, you know, improve it from the last project, it feels great, you know, growing as an individual and as a company. So here's a load. Are you making any cameos in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. I, I, they want Nathan, me to. I Nathan's not. <laughs> Eric, Eric has played about four characters in the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Eric, yeah, it's funny that that is an ongoing joke. It's funny you bring that up because neither Nathan nor I uh, are in the movie. Um, Eric Eric plays about five characters. The movie, so. <laughs> By yeah, the time yeah. it's done, it'll be up to eight characters. That's too funny. <laughs> That's right. When you have masked characters, it's like might as well just get as many cameos in as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Outfit change, and you're good. That's awesome. Yeah, I I do want to say like it's funny like the history of. The, the history of film and video game tie-ins, I think, is definitely a uh, sort of a a rocky path, or at least <laughs> yeah. it's, it has a complicated history that we've kind of glossed over here. I think that for us, what's interesting is, uh, I think in some ways it's changed a little bit, but whenever it's worked, it's taken a lot of thought to put into it. And so, like for example, like you know, The Last of Us premieres on HBO uh, Sunday the fifteenth. Um, we right. talked about Resident Evil. It, well, I don't know when, I don't know when this podcast is dropping. So I'm oh. just, I'm trying to, but <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have, we'll have premiered. I, I think that in terms of what we're trying to do, because everything with, with VR started with top right corner, um, everything top uh, VR wise for top right corner started with, with film tie-ins. I think that with welcome villain, 
there's some stuff that we're doing the OC when we release our trailer for this game. It, it doesn't. It's not based fully on on the movie itself. It exists in its own world. But there's things that we can kind of do back and forth, especially as movies have more and more game engine tech uh, inserted in them in terms of using different video game engines in lieu of VFX. Like those worlds are combining. And so we're just looking for fun stories we can tell. We're looking for fun games we can tie into film projects and vice versa. And we're just going to pick and choose like what we think is the best, uh, you know, the best thing for each new project. That's awesome. And yeah, definitely video game movie spinoffs have, you know, I'm, I'm anxiously nervous for this fallout TV series that's coming on. I think Amazon, you know, it's never good when you hear like directors and stuff, never watched the series or anything like that, or played the yeah. games like, Oh no, yeah. this is headed to a bad path. So I, I, and it might've grown since the last time we've talked, but how, how large approximately we don't need exact numbers mm-hmm. is the, the current studio. I guess the, the, the current, yeah, the current team. That's I guess with with contractors, employees, and other other people who are slotting. It's around twelve of us. It's not that it's not that big, but I feel like we have a we have a very very good and uh, well sharpened team at this point. That's kind of the magic around the magic number we've always yeah, had. Around very 10. Man- very manageable at those mm-hmm. numbers as well. You know, you mm-hmm. start getting into the hundreds, you know, some people aren't working. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that's, you know, with, uh, you know, like if, as you see in the credits of, of Atlas, when it comes to like you know, non-artists, like just, just developers, like programmers and stuff, we had like me and, and, and one other guy who worked part-time. Um, and, and now like going back to it, we're able to bring on like a couple developers to, like while I'm adding a bunch of the new stuff, we're able to have like a couple developers go through all the old stuff and tighten up the physics and like spend a lot of time where, you know, like if I spent like a month just tightening up physics then nothing else would new would be added for a whole month. So it's like having those extra developers that can go through and be like, Hey, tighten up all this stuff, make this stuff even better while I add all this new stuff. It's going to be like a nice process to make it really refined. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Get in the bulk of it, let them do the fine tuning and just, <laughs> keep adding in the new the actual content itself mm-hmm. that's awesome uh yeah so. it's we've we've also honed people too because we have some people who are working on some um uh, vr training but also some we're doing this project for uh renewables energy project in louisiana so we have somebody working on a uh offshore wind <laughs> it's a it's a v it's a vr project where you're able to, to to go to a top of an offshore windmill uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. And there's some other things like that we're doing sort of in the energy and education space. So, uh, we have just, just working on more VR projects allows you to kind of see what features work and what they don't work. And, you know, a lot of times with those projects, you are putting VR experiences and games in front of people that never play VR. Whereas on the gaming side, it's people who play a lot of VR games. So that experience is also fun to kind of get feedback and, and to, you know, to learn more about the craft that way. No, we, we love the training element of VR being used. Limitless potential there. I even saw one for commercial dishwashing and I was like, you know what? Makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, you can learn something. Day day one, already knowing the whole layout, everything, Mm -hmm. the way the equipment works, that specific model. Mm -hmm. Again, the layout, the the structure, the everything. I'll do anything in VR. (laughs) It's like, why not? But if you can learn something at the same time, it's even better. 
That's awesome. So I'm just curious when these guys are going to drop a full either interactive VR movie. <laughs> it's that's basically Which, what, what yeah, I was like, well, it's kind of what they already did, but I'm saying more, more mm-hmm. of that movie sense. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, <laughs> b- before we wrap this baby up, Stratus, is there anything else you wanted to, to ask? And also same thing to you guys. Is there anything that you didn't, that we, you wanted to touch on that we didn't, didn't go over today yet? Me personally, I, I got more than I think I, Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, yeah, I've got a lot to ponder here. <laughs> I'm excited for what's coming for Atlas, and I am so excited for this survival. Be, and you know what? And I'm happy to hear that. I would get why if there wasn't the push for this star right now, especially if you've got other projects you can work on. And But mm-hmm. it's cool to know that there's going to no, be. No, you're still pushing. Still well, yeah. pushing. Well, yeah. And if like these guys are doing their, their end to push, then mm-hmm. we'll continue to oh, push yeah. on our end. Like I said, I'll, I'll die on that hill screaming. Yeah. This is one of this, Swordsman, Bocce time. I just want people to have the exposure to it yep. and then be like, oh, shit, and then see actually when it came out and mm-hmm. start feeling foolish. But Dragon Fist VR Kung Fu, that's another one also good. <laughs> yeah. so, and anything you guys want to touch on that we didn't didn't go over yet? Well, I think like we're definitely, you know, we're, we're always been pushing for the store because although, you know, we've sold you know, several thousand copies on, yeah. on app lab. And then on, on steam, we've also sold a bunch, but you got bills I to think pay. <laughs> what's, it's so night and day that once you're on, if you're on the store, like the amount that you're selling, even in the first week with with actual exposure, which is dwarf what we've done to date. So I think it's not just the fi- not the financial and bills to pay, but you know, that it's not like we're going to get on the main store and then stop making VR games. I mean, it, it once once we actually have a game on the main store, we will be, you know, redoubling our efforts because there's a clear financial viability to it instead of it being something that we just believe in. So I think that's why like we are we are pushing full on, you know, this quarter and this year for that. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I mean wait. like yeah, if, if if you look at the budget of, of these games, like imagine what we could do with, with main mm-hmm. store budget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. We talk about that all the time. Um, you know, just having, you know, also on the marketing front, like main store placement gives you access to, you know, certain tools too that you like we would be able to leverage to help spread the word. So, you know, things like that, we would kind of double down efforts. Yeah. I'm, I'm all stand by what I said before that I think story-based games are the, the genre that needs the official store approval the most in order to get consumer attention it's like free yep. multiplayer game probably the needs the official store the least all the way down to on the other end like a, a story-based game sometimes people are skeptical of a bad story but if it's on the official store they go well it's, it's well, going to be good something we've seen and it's weird but almost all the games that come from app lab and go oh, to the store kill it kill it you'll look at them and they'll have the blue check mark top rated they're, they're top rated you know highest most downloaded mm-hmm. so it's like top selling deism uh, it's like Iron once people Guard. see it in there in front of them all of a yeah. sudden they gravitate to it the ones that yeah. graduate from the app lab store kill it on the official store mm-hmm. it seems um but yeah no thank thank you three for joining us today this is the second time we've we've had you know well, after had, we get to see their finished project oh, now coming up we're gonna have to have them on again just gonna say second time we've had dan and eric on first time we've had nathan on but somehow i don't think this will be the last, last time, time we have no. have them on no no not after the once once the time. new versions are out nathan you should do a like a uh not a shot by shot but like literally like a level by level breakdown oh, of how we cool. made stuff we did yeah, a real the retrospective craft, craft episode craft episode <laughs> 
That's awesome. And uh, anytime you guys, like I said, want to come back on, talk about what's either coming next or the game's ready to release, whatever, you guys have a door's always open for for top right corner. Open invite, of course. One of the the most. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank I'd you. say one one of the most polished and professional studios on mm-hmm. App Lab. You know, it's, it's it's remarkable that game hasn't hit the official store yet. But I think I've said it a hundred times this episode, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> so uh th- thank you guys for joining and uh other than that subscribe rate us five stars and stay tuned for what's coming next week ciao, ciao. thank you guys thank you so much yeah thanks everyone thanks guys and don't forget check out atlas mystery on app lab we'll put the link right in our show notes the episode description but you know whether you check it out on steam or you know what actually how about go check it out on the the app lab store that way we can help yeah, with the, boost up some app lab. that official <laughs> meta quest push so uh check you all out next week and Don't forget to check out Atlas Mystery. Take care.